0: Hey everyone, I have Pedro with me. Pedro, thank you so much for taking the time today to go over how do you approach process optimizations and process improvements within the customer success realm?
1: Thanks for having me. I've been practicing lean management for around 20 years and I noticed that it's a very transferable skill and I discovered that you can apply lean principles to any customer experience, including customer success, customer support, customer service. It's completely transferable skills, and you can improve any process with this set of skills.
0: Pedro, your background is actually industrial engineering, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. So I'm uh, industrial engineering. I graduated many years ago, and I've been in the manufacturing industry where lean management is key for like becoming faster and creating better products. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my background.
0: So essentially, you're borrowing from that world into customer success operations world to create lean customer success organizations. Correct. Correct. What does it mean, lean customer success organization? Or what does it mean like a lean approach to processes?
1: A lean customer success organization is an organization that has identified the, the activities and their workflows that actually add value to their customers. And you have been able to eliminate or, or at least mitigate all the other activities that are not actually adding value. The key to that is mapping and understanding where your process starts and where your process ends. And then identifying all the activities, doesn't matter if they're adding value or not, but you have to identify them all first. And then based on that, you eliminate everything else that is this is wasteful.
0: So the main objective is to eliminate any wastage, as we call it, manual work that could be potentially automated, reduce any kind of costs. What else?
1: Yeah, with cost reduction, customer satisfaction, and and of course elimination of waste are like the three main ob- objectives of lean in general. Traditional lean management, there's this concept called team woods, which are the seven types of waste in lean management, which I have tweaked to only five that are more related to customer success. One of them is wait or delays. One of the things that is very common is like holding a call of a customer or delaying bad news, which is. Something that I think I've done it before, and just delaying won't change anything at the end. So, those are the things that we have to identify those wait times. Yeah. Over processing is kind of self explanatory, like doing too much steps to get to an end goal. For instance, preparing a QBR, maybe you have to gather, bring data from multiple sources and identifying. Stakeholders and all this over processing that you probably don't need to do if you have the data where, where you need to be sitting. Uh, movement. This could be even like doing many clicks to get to the same result in your, in your screen or actually like, Oh, every time I need to call a customer, I need to stand up, go and talk to the AE, which is sitting 10 steps away from me and then come back. Or, or it could be just like clicking, clicking, clicking to like multiple tabs to get to some end result. And then bugs, errors, defects, we don't want those to happen. So, and then sometimes processes leads us to make those mistakes. And that's something that we can fix identifying what's adding value or not. And finally, customer load. It could be that we have too many customers or it could be the wrong mix of customers for you. So those things are are very important. And I learned uh, about the customer load quite early in my tech life when I was implementing Lean because sales team was chasing the wrong customers. So most of the customers were churning because we were chasing just not the right customers. And then we were able to identify that the customers that you were getting were not the right ones for the product. So that helped us as well identifying that.
0: Yeah. And actually, when you improve processes, it's not just to eliminate the wastage and reduce costs. You also write there, improve customer satisfaction. Can you talk about why improving internal processes actually helps impact customer experience?
1: One of the key things is that when you work on identifying what's adding value to the customer, it's key for them to improve their satisfaction. And the the reason is that you might be doing things that you think are valuable for you, but the customer is not seeing it. So it could be, and and I always use this example, like maybe you have one of your key metrics is, oh, ingesting data. And you see like, oh, the customer is ingesting data. But that doesn't mean anything to the customer. The customer is doing nothing with that data that was ingested until you create a process that identifies what's actually what the customer considers as valuable. Then you will see that their satisfaction is growing because your process is leading you to deliver that value to the customer.
0: Okay, I think this was a great overview of what is lean management. How, you know, how do you break it down to the different pieces? What I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, is. In your own organization where you work now or in the past, have you taken this approach and actually optimized and improved processes for the customer success team with the mindset of elevating the customer experience? And if so, what was the first thing that you've done to elevate NPS by improving the customer success processes?
1: Actually, the, the reason why working, I'm in Canada now, because I did an exercise with a company I used to work. A Canadian company, it was a startup. We were around 40 to 60 employees when I implemented this. Our team was around five to seven CSMs, three to five support members. We were on the PIM dump space, digital asset management space, and we IPO'd early 2018. And one of the problems that we had is that we were seeing a lot of customers churning, and there was really no path. There was a lot of overlap between support, success, marketing, and sales. We were all doing the same things. So, what we did is like, okay, we have a problem and we define some objectives. What we need to get out of this mapping. And something that was very important I have to highlight is that um, the CEO was very into this. Like, I had like a full support of the CEO of like running this project. And that's key. Like, if you don't have leadership support, like, as many initiatives, if you don't have leadership support, like, this will be hard to implement. So you have to have like full buy-in from leadership. So we identified some objectives. One of them was identifying all the value, adding activities, eliminating, as I mentioned before, all the non-value activities, defining what what's a, the what's a customer flow, setting KPIs because we had nothing, identifying a minimal tool set we had a bunch of apps so everyone was using their own app to uh, manage the process so we needed to reduce that and then because we were about to IPO we wanted to scale so we need to be ready with efficient processes that will help us to deliver that growth and last but not least setting that precedent for continuous improvement like the first building block for continuous improvement so like we run value streams every six months because once you do one and you reach your goal, then you can look back again and then run it again and then improve, improve, improve. So that's part of the key of like continuous improvement. Okay, so what did you do? So now you have all these goals.
0: What's the first thing you guys do?
1: There's some prep work. Just create your team. Be very good at who you're going to select in that team. You have to choose good SMEs, subject matter experts on the functions that that process is doing. So for instance, if you're mapping a customer success process, You might want to have a customer success manager in the team, their manager, stakeholders, so maybe sales, maybe marketing is there. And sometimes having the customer, like if you have a good relationship with a customer that you think you can have in the part of the team is good because they will bring their perspective.
0: So initially, you don't know which process you're going to optimize. You bring in different core stakeholders that are actually interacting within a customer life cycle journey, sales, uh, whatever, the customer success managers, maybe some from support, billing, whatever. And then you're basically what I'm seeing you're doing and confirm with me is mapping out the customer experience. So all the life cycle phases and you're highlighting what works and what doesn't?
1: Correct. You can do it like very focused on single process. So it can be just like onboarding. And you just map onboarding. I recommend to break it down in smaller pieces because it can turn into a, a very, very heavy project. Agreed. And that's based on uh, previous experience when I was working in manufacturing. It started something very simple and we ended up mapping like the whole yeah. production flow. And at the end, it was manageable. It was so big that we had to break it down. We had to roll it back and it's just like, okay, let's focus on this small thing because then it becomes like a company-wide project and it's hard to implement. So it's very, very important to keep it like very narrow, uh, define the scope. Like it. here's where it begins, here's where it ends, and then you map it. And sort of that happened with the example I'm talking about at the moment. It was meant to be onboarding only when we started, but as we were mapping the process, we discovered that it was so intertwined and there were like so many processes that were overlapping. So we ended up extending it a little bit more, also because we were a very young company, so we didn't have like very, very robust processes or like a, a huge organization that we need to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we were able to manage extending a little bit more than what we thought. So it became more like a CX, like a customer experience a value stream mapping of how customers land on our website, how they were treated, and then if they were paying customers or they're churning, et cetera, et cetera. So we end up with with a map of that. And this is what you can see here on the screen. We identify all the processes for the customer to be onboarded or start with the company. And it started as a very simple, like, oh, like they start on the website and they click on sign up, but then starts to expand into very, very more complex things because some of customers needed help some customers needed more information more education some customers were just like looking around they actually didn't need anything some customers were coming back to like cancel their subscription so we we end up like mapping many many scenarios that we didn't I thought that they were possible
0: yeah Uh, I want to point out you don't need a software for this, obviously. <laughs> this, looks, this looks extremely non-tech.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's not tech. You can do it on Lucy Chart or one of those other apps.
0: What is the difference between the colors? I see blue, I see pink, I see yellow, I see purple.
1: The colors we color coded. I think it's not visible in the picture, but it used to mean we meant the groups, the teams. Oh. So, like, one was marketing, the other one was sales, the other one was customer success, support, education. So, yeah, we color-coded based on the teams that were touching. Or if it was an automation, color-coded based on the teams that it was doing the the work.
0: And then some of the that- sticky notes have a star on it, and some have a red star, and some have, like, this nothing, and some have, like, I think even a little...
1: So the color code of the stars meant that they're we were identifying. So you have to map the process and then you step back, maybe go for lunch, and then you come back. And then you're like, okay, let's discover which are the value-adding activities. And we start identifying which activities in these all these post-its were actually adding value to our customers. There's two things. There's value-adding activities, non-value-adding activities, and non-value activities that are unnecessary. For instance, a customer might think that sending them an email to pay is not value adding activity, but it's necessary. So you have to still, you need to do it anyway. You have to identify those three types of activities. And then okay. at the end, you will need to eliminate the ones that are non-value adding. Okay. And the non-value adding that are necessary, you really can not eliminate them. Maybe you can tweak them to make them a little bit better, but you, you need them. Like there's there's no way around them. So that's, that's the color code on those stars. Yeah. And those are the three things that are added here in the list. So this is what what I'm talking about that that happened in the the workflow. We want the desire to be a a happy customer. And we did the Gemba walk, which is lean terminology, which is walking the process, which is what we did with mapping all that flow. And then we identified those three categories, which is value add activities, business value add activities, which are the ones that said like non-value-adding, but necessary because they add value to the business and then non-value-adding activities.
0: Okay, so the first one is the value that's added to the customer. The second one is the value that is added to us as the business.
1: As the business, correct. Yeah,
0: so value to us, value to them, and non-value, but necessary.
1: Yeah. So then you do that. If you are really well prepared, meaning free work you typically tell them, the people who participate on this event, like map your flows before you come. You're not like mapping the flow during the session because it will take you forever. People are typically a little bit trained. My personal style is like I train them or I give them a, a, like an hour session of what's lean and what they were expecting. And then I tell, I give them homework like, okay, you have to map your process. You need to identify who are your stakeholders. And then that will happen. This current state mapping will happen around in a day if everyone's well-prepared. So you start in the morning create, mapping the process, and then and then the afternoon, you identify the value adding activities. And then the next day, you'll come and you'll do an ideal state, which is like the utopian state. Like if you had all the technology, if you had all the resources, if you had everything at reach of you, how you will think about that ideal state? Right. And as you can see, like the difference between this and the ideal state is... Quite huge. And of course, like it's, this is like the vision of the project. It's, to be honest, it's very hard to achieve it, but that's what kind of like North Star. You want to get there? You know, it's impossible. You want to get there because it could be resources. It could be technology. It could be any other things, but that will give you an idea of where you want to go. Love it. Once you do that, you'll start working on the future state which is somewhere in between your current state and your ideal state. And you have to be very critical here because you you might think that, oh yeah, we can do this. But then timelines, processes, well, team resources might not allow you to get to that future state. So you have to be very careful, very critical. And then of course, you have to go back and see the all the activities that you need to eliminate. What can we do to eliminate this activity? So you will start mapping based on that premise of like, okay, let's go back to the current state. We want to remove all these, how that will look. And then you start planning your future state based on eliminating or mitigating those non-value adding activities and then highlighting what is actually valuable to your customer. And it could be sometimes that you merge two activities to so that were like value-adding activities. You can make them to one, so that allow you to create this new flow that will drive your customer. So
0: how long does this whole thing take? A day or two or more?
1: <laughs> As I said, it depends on how the, the uh, well prepared you are, yeah. and then depends on the scope. If the project is... Big enough. I'll say like a customer success, I run it like in three days. Mm -hmm. So you map the current state is mostly one day for that. And then you do a future state one morning, next after, and then you do the future state. The ideal state in the morning and then future state in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning is key because that's Mm -hmm. when you create the action enemies. All the activities that you need to do from the current state to the future state. So, we need to document this, and then we need to do this, and we need to that assign responsible to all those activities and when so if you're thinking of like a six month cadence for like for continuous improvement, then all your activities have to be completed before the next six months, so that's that's key like. Assigning responsibles and establishing dates for completion is key for the success of continuous improvement. If you just let, oh, yeah, like this is a cool experience, future is so cool, but you don't assign responsibles and then have a cadence review like every week or every month or every two weeks, whatever you decide, then no, nothing will happen. No changes will be implemented. You have to drive it as well. Uh, it's not like magic.
0: After you concluded what the future state is, the work really just begins then because you just finished the design phase of the process improvement project.
1: Correct. That's absolutely right. Like you have to do the heavy work, changing processes, changing the documentation. And then also key to this is like defining the KPIs that you want to measure and then what will determine if it's successful or not.
0: Do you have a different template? that you move this obviously to some sort of a flow chart, not this, but the uh, the future state.
1: So yeah, usually move it to a future state in a flow chart and then it could be tied to metrics. In this case, we work on reducing the onboarding time and the improving retention. A site success was uh, reducing the number of apps, but onboarding time, we had like four weeks onboarding and we were able to reduce it to two weeks. Wow. And then the improvement retention impressive. by 5%. It was around 5% the retention rate Just because we were faster to get to our customers, we were able to spend more time with our customers just with some changes that we did on our process.
0: And I'm glad you put in a reduced number of apps used from 10 to 3. That just speaks volume around even like the employee experience in this process, in this phase.
1: Yeah. So we had one for support tickets, one send desk. We were using an in-app messaging bot. We were using something for a knowledge base. We were using, of course, Google Calendar and many other apps during that time. And then we were like, we were using all these apps, That but there was one that was able to cover many of the... Things that we needed for the apps to do, and we're like, why are we using all these apps? <laughs> so we end up like churning or eliminating some of the other apps. We move everything, migrated everything to one single app. We didn't have to go one field, go on the other app, look for another information. And the other thing that we which we save cost, of course, uh, to our company because we were able to cancel some of our subscriptions because we were able to consolidate the work that we were doing in multiple apps the, into one. And then. The experience for the customers also better because they were in the same environment when they were like working on their apps on their website. Yeah.
0: I think that's important to know because even though you redefined the workflow, I bet you had to like a separate session to say, okay, each one of these steps, what are the current apps? And then just to almost have a heat map, apps and tools are actually being used. And then, which, then have a discussion around which one do we want to eliminate? What are the options? That's like a track in... In of
1: itself. That's a whole different project. We end up doing another company wide app inventory because we were in that situation. These 10 apps were solely the once customer yeah. experience touch. But like marketing product had like a bunch of apps. Like they use Trello and then use other app to track like the movements in the app. And they had like a bunch of apps. And then there was another, another team who was using as well, like Asana and something else. And we were like, oh, a bunch of these apps, they do the same. Luckily, some of them, they were like on the free Subscription, but yeah, we had a bunch of apps.
0: I think that like learning how to do this, it sounds like this is a really great skill for anybody in customer success operations. So if you're a CS Ops manager and you have these type of skill set, like you know how to do this for your own company, I think that's like gold.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And the thing is that we mostly think of if you work in a tech company, it's like oh, I need to know about tech. But especially customer success is still a process that is managed by humans. And humans are an tech. Humans are still part of the processes. And knowing these kind of skills where you can improve and make it their CSM team lives better. And then at the end, of course, helping our customers to stay with us. This is a very, very good skill to have. There's some certifications out there you can get. Like You can get like white belt lean management certifications. They're for free. do do this exercise? They, they will teach you the basics of how to do it. Then if you want to move to Greenbelt, which is the next of Six Sigma Lean manufacturing, Greenbelt, that you have to pay and then you have to submit a project. So there's levels that you can achieve if you don't have the background in industrial engineering. Yeah, I think just in general, I know a lot of
0: colleagues that are executives of customer success. When they think about hiring somebody with CSOp skills, they look for someone that has experience in the customer success software that they choose. But I think actually you're going to get more bang for your buck by trying to find somebody that understands how to do process improvements, process optimization, maybe have a white belt certification in the Lean Six Sigma or in industrial engineering background and kind of like mix it up a little bit because you're going to scale a lot. You can always hire or outsource the gainside administration. It's really hard to outsource somebody that on an ongoing basis would look to optimize and improve
1: your processes? Yeah. And something that I said is like, it doesn't matter the app. If you don't have the processes right, then you can create or automate a lot of mistakes. It's key to have the right processes. It's key to have the lean processes, because if you automate a problem, then you have thousands of problems so you want to avoid that and then it doesn't matter the app you know the, the apps like gainsight and totongo and all those apps that are out there like they do about the same and then you can learn those skills but you need to define the processes that you want to bring to those apps to those tools if yeah. you don't do that, you, the big risk is like you will have a thousand CTAs in one day, which I've been told that happens once in a yeah. while, that you get like a thousand <laughs> CTAs because the process wasn't correctly mapped and then it triggers a bunch of CTAs. So yeah, that's this yeah. is important.